X-rated movies. Oh, we're in our bonus content January times. Boco Jam. I'm Ryan Whedon. I'm Matt Fisher. Uh, some of you might remember last year we did the five-part HBO miniseries. Mildred Pierce. Mildred Pierce in all-day marathon. And guess what? We're doing something similar. So we started around noon or so today, maybe 1230. Yeah. Um, oh, God, that's a late start. That is a late start. <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing, uh, watching in real time all six parts of Angels in America and recording an episode immediately afterwards. Yeah. Uh, 2003 HBO miniseries directed by Mike Nichols. I know. This is our first Nichols. Yeah. I feel like we've referenced him a lot. Yeah. You've mentioned things he says a lot. Uh, yeah. And Elaine May, because they were a comedy duo together. Right, right, right. Um, I always reference, I think I, I attribute it to her. I don't know if it was actually her who said that like drama is like you get a gun and you kill yourself. Mm -hmm. Comedy is like you go for the gun you realize it's out of bullets. So then you have to go get the bullets and the bullets don't fit. So then you have to go to the the gun store like that's comedy yeah yeah um and so yeah it's all about killing yourself (laughs) (laughs) but i mean this is the sort of people that that you know mike nichols was hanging out with and like it's weird to think that he got his start in comedy because he's known best for drama like the graduate or who's afraid of virginia wolf i mean we talk about this all the time comedy actors can do drama work but dramas act can't do comedy a lot of times and thank god because some of the comic stuff in this is like the only saving grace <laughs> from just the <sighs> slot. immediately i was like am i gonna cry in the first five minutes like when the the old rabbi meryl streep yeah <laughs> in, 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 in drag go, goy face no no no, that, goy. no go, goy or white people uh, uh. <laughs> she's uh, in jewish face yeah <laughs> just her talking about how, like, like, because she's basically giving a eulogy for someone. Yeah, we she started doesn't, a funeral. That he doesn't everyone. know the character. He, uh, and he's talking about how you know the, this person, you know, isn't a person but a whole type of person. Uh, carried the soil with them. Yeah, like brought like the shtetls of, of Lithuania with them, and like yeah. you, the offsprings did not live in America. They lived you know, in these ghettos of Russia, you know, and it's just like, and they're just like showing these old pictures of like people like immigrating here. And, you know, they, they brought this land back with them and just journeys like this. People can't make journeys like this anymore because it's all been covered. And like, well, I mean, not even that, but it's like, they had to like pack up all their stuff and then get on a boat (laughs) like for weeks, for weeks. And then just totally land in, yeah, like Flatbush or whatever they said it was, and just like make your life. Like you had no plans when you got here. Good luck. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, yeah, the, the fact that like we don't, journeys like this don't exist anymore was like really sort of, I don't know, I was just like, I'm going to cry in the first five <laughs> minutes. So I've only seen this once before, probably a decade and some change ago. Mm-hmm. Already. A lot of the things I remember ha- are, were in this episode. Mm. Like, I remember the doctor's appointment that Al Pacino has uh, with James Cromwell, who I was very impressed with James uh, in this one for oh, some reason. I don't okay. know. I thought, he, I thought he did a good job. Um, were you just ready for him to say, that'll do, pig? <laughs> like, <laughs> when Al Pacino's getting off. Dr. Hoggett. <laughs> uh, and, like, I remember um, the... Uh, I can never remember this fucking actor's name. He plays the Mormon... 
Justin, no, Patrick something. Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. I remember seeing him like take off his shirt and being like, that's a weird undershirt. And then being like, oh, because it's the weird Mormon underwear. Right. And that's like in this episode. Which he's just poured into. Yeah, he looks, everyone looks really young. Mary Louise Parker looks super young. Oh, because she is. She looks like 20. Yeah. I mean, I think she's actually like late 30s in this. But yeah, she looks like a child. Yeah. So does everyone else. Because I remember the first time I watched it. Justin Pitt, prior Walter, the 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 man with AIDS. Uh-huh. I remember thinking like, oh, he's really cute for an older guy. Now I look back, I'm looking at him I'm like, he's a little too young for me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, um, so I found myself sucked mostly into their storyline. The uh, Lewis and Pryor? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's like the heart, I feel. The, the meat and potatoes? Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, a- Pryor Walter's the one that, that you know, spoiler alert... <laughs> The angel comes to him. Right. Uh, well, we got a hint of that with the feather falling. The feather falling, yeah. So, yeah. But I was thinking about this, how this seems ripe for a boys in the band treatment of, like, remaking it with, like, gay director and gay cast. Okay. Because uh, no one, at least as far as I know, in this cast is gay. Like yeah. I don't know enough about Ben Shankman and, and uh, uh, Justin Pitt's life to know for certain, but I'm almost positive that they're straight. Oh, well, that takes a little off but for me. They're so good at playing gay. Like they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Justin Pitt has like a femininity in his movement that I'm like, yeah, that's sort of how gay people move around. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. He he really sells it for me. I, I'm just he he. I feel like he's looked at some queens. He's like, I could do that. All right. I'll withhold judgment for now. We'll okay. See. Are you not? Um, I, w- I, th- I'm, I think they feel a little um, theater-y. Okay. At, right now, at first. But also, it's like, well, it was the 80s. So, gay men acted differently back then. Sure. And so, um, you know, like, that, that. I feel like, just from what I've... Uh, understood there was like a certain type of gay in new york in the 80s that was like it was all about you know like your intellectual and wittiness oh. <laughs> and like went to the, the as theater. opposed to gays today that are <laughs> so dry and valuing football <laughs> yeah i don't know that's what that's kind of how i chalked it up this time uh but you know y- you like your homosexuals falling asleep reading cocteau biographies i mean yeah <laughs> They have like a they have like a zebra rug and like a very tasteful mid century modern couch. I was gonna and... say I kind of like their apartment. It looks very lived in, but also stylish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, I mean, they... also shitty eighties New York. So that's sure, why it was sure. kind of like beat up. But like big tall ceilings, like lots of space. It looks like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. There was just like in the bedroom. It's like there was like photographs that were just like with just like pins in the wall. Like they didn't have them framed or anything. It was just like. It's like stuck glue or tape or, or pins them to the wall. I'm like, huh, you'd think for, you know, people who are associated with being so fastidious that they <laughs> wouldn't want to uh, uh, put holes in the wall or something like that. But I don't know. It, yeah. Just it strikes me. Yeah, there's cracks all over those walls. That's they don't give true. a shit. <laughs> but yeah, like there's zebra print rug and stuff. I was like, very stylish. I like yeah, their... I like the production giant kind of across the board so far. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I recognize that. I meant to look it up. I'll look up for the next episode. But like, I think I've seen that name before. Well, the the casting director was Juliette Taylor, mm-hmm. who does all the casting for Woody Allen movies. Oh, I mean, this is a stellar, crazy cast. And it's like, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, Meryl Streep, Al Pacino, these are heavy hitters. But like the rest of the cast were virtual unknowns at the time. Yeah, except like, for uh, Dr. Hoggett. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but I mean, they, I don't know if they went on to be like huge stars necessarily, but like I still see them in stuff like uh, uh, Justin Wright, who plays the travel agent. The only oh, yeah. holdover from the original production. Oh, okay. Um, I've seen him before too. Yeah, he's in lots of stuff. I'm struggling to think of anything right off the bat, but uh, maybe that'll be another episode too. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll get out IMDb and look up his. <laughs> But yeah, Justin Wright is he, he's like still very much out and about, and he does voice acting work too. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, Mary Louise Parker, of course, this was before Weeds. Yeah. Um, Patrick Wilson's in fucking everything. Yeah, Patrick but, like, Wilson's he's in somehow lots of not stuff. a star. I don't know. He's in he's in tons of movies. And Justin Pitt was in Weeds as well. He was the uncle. Oh yeah. Uh, and Ben Shankman, I remember him just uh, very recently in a uh, Trial of Chicago Seven, the Netflix Aaron Sorkin movie. Uh, he was, who is he? He was one of the lawyers, like on the side of the the Chicago 7. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like just a talented young group of people who, you know, they're all hungry for it most likely cuz like this is a big deal. It's like if you're like a young actor trying to like break in, it, it's like okay, well, we have this big budget TV movie on one of the seminal plays of like the biggest play of yeah, the 90s. Yeah. And it's going to be directed by Mike Nichols. Yeah. Like so bring your game face. <laughs> Yeah, people were fighting for those roles, for yeah. sure. And, uh, yeah, I think they just did a stellar job. She, she's not in this episode, but uh, later on, Emma Thompson shows up. That's right, yeah. You could do a drinking game with this movie every time a, a, a dialogue turns into a speech. Oh, boy, yeah. I mean, I, for, I was like, I was kind of hoping I could just sort of, like, sit back and let things wash over me, but it's like, oh, I gotta... I gotta keep some pins in my head of like the themes that are going on, like sure. uh, dreams versus hallucinations, chaos, chaos, revelations. Uh, there's just there's a lot working here, and which yeah. is what makes the work so brilliant is that like it takes all these things and sort of like swirls them together in a lovely collage. Yeah, but, if, like, if you're watching something, you're like, oh, I need to remember this. Oh, I need to remember this. Oh, this is like linked to that thing that we. I didn't think that I needed to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It'll, it's all gonna. It all comes back. I remember it all. Like circles together, but. Yeah, this first one really like lays out uh, a lot of the groundwork. And... Yeah, I mean, as far as table setting goes, this is pretty colorful. Yeah, like if this is part one of six, like I, whew, we got a ways to go. Yeah, it's gonna be a journey. We should do a real quick just of the storylines. We've got Al Pacino playing Roy Cohn, the actual lawyer. Yeah, um, and and Trump mentor. Oh, I thought he died. Well, he did. Oh, but he was Trump's mentor. But anyway. yeah, like uh, uh, when Trump was was making his way on the real estate scene, Roy Cohn was his mentor. Like. He's the one who shaped, like, Trump's idea of, like, just always fight. If someone attacks you, you come back ten times more and heavier, and you don't stop until, like, they're exhausted. Gross. Uh, yeah, it's weird to, like, look at the Roy Cohn character, like, as, like, Trump mentor. Yeah. Well, uh, he worked with, like, Nixon and McCarthy and stuff. Like, he's just, like, a history's... Greatest monster. He's an enemy. Yeah. He's, he's history's <laughs> bad guy. Uh, so that's fun to have Al Pacino playing him here. Yeah. He's so despicable. I already hate him. Oh, yeah. Um, Just that phone call. You're like, okay. Someone I would never want to associate with in real life. Yeah. And then we've got uh, Patrick Wilson and Mary Louise Parker as a Mormon couple. Um, Mary living Mary. in Brooklyn. <sighs> There's uh, There was like... I, okay. I know I hate religion. But like, <laughs> there were so many times. Like I hate that Like when they're in the dream sequence... 
And Pryor says that he is a homosexual. And she's like, oh, my religion doesn't believe in that. Like, not even taking a second to think for herself. Sure. She's just like, oh, well, my religion says this, so that's what I got to do. And I'm like, fuck it. You're so in the cult. Like, Yeah. I mean, you can kind of see, like, that's where, like, the crack starts. Like, when she says, like, your hu- husband's a homo. Yeah. And she's, and she, she's like, no. But, like, you can see in her eyes that she's like, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, because then the next fight that she has, she's like, yeah, he was right. Like as far as like loopy as she is, she has these like moments of, of lucidity. And like, I, you know, that's the, the irony of her character is as loopy as she is. She sees things very clearly. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what they call it? The, the pr- edge of revelation or something like uh, that? Threshold of revelation. Threshold of revelation. Yeah. 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 Um, but he, he gay. But uh, has been repressing it for the sake of their marriage. And, and when he like, talks religion. about, like, he's like, I'm not, like, you want to destroy me? Like, I'm already a shell of a person. I'm just like, yeah, that's yeah. what being in the closet does. And that's when you're like, honey, you can fix that. <laughs> I was like, you'll do fine on the circuit. <laughs> Jesus. And then we have uh, the aforementioned Pryor and Lewis. And Pryor has AIDS, which mm-hmm. they're calling it then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, I mean... 85 not a good time no i'm like azt i remember reading about it it was like you had to some of them at some because like it changed over time but like there was a time when like you had to take it every 12 hours like almost exactly and like that meant for a lot of men like waking up in the middle of the night to eat something and take some pills so they weren't sleeping well and like i mean even the, the hiv pills that i have to take one of the side effects is like very vivid dreaming oh really um and so i don't know if that's linked to like azt as well mm. but like uh so that kind of all goes together also I have a theory about why that happens is because like they think that a lot of uh hiv lives in your brain they like find like little pockets that's where it well lives. they mentioned that they believe it can go through the uh blood brain barrier mm-hmm. uh and go directly into the brain yeah. so yeah but i think that once you take these drugs it like that the attacking the brain at night is what causes you to have great dreams. Oh, okay. That's great not based dreams. <laughs> is that what you said? Yeah, that's not based at all in science, but that's my theory. Okay, okay. So that all scans. Like I like all that. Uh, who, who is that? All our lines? Is that our? Is that all our storylines? I mean, there's little side ones like Mary Louise Parker and the travel agent because that'll sure. come back again. Okay. Part of IOTA, which I don't know. I'm put a. I've IOTA. It's like International Organization of Travel Agents. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, is that going to come? Is that going to mean something? I don't think so. Maybe it does. Okay. Well, I'll let you know. Yeah. So there's that little side, and they're they're all sort of intertwined, yeah. Because uh, Lewis works at uh, uh, the appeals court uh, where um, Patrick Wilson. Patrick what is, Wilson. What is his character? Joe. Name? Joe. Yeah. Yeah. He is a clerk. Right. Like for for one of the the judges there. And he also might be a Republican? Right. (laughs) Do I look like I'm. Uh, Am I? Do I sound like one? (laughs) It's fun. Uh, Also, like, I remember when I was younger, I don't don't think I identified with any one character specifically, but the older I get, and I hate feeling this way, the more I kind of identify with Lewis. It's like, here he is, like, Oh, like yeah, no. It's like it's not a proud thing. <laughs> like he's like crying in the bathroom because like he knows that like he's a coward for this, and that's not the part that I identify with. Uh-huh. It's just that he's in a low point in his life, and an attractive person walks in, and suddenly he's like, "Hello, 
<laughs> okay, well, that's okay. Like, that's the part, like, he he's not even out the door of his previous relationship, and he's already, like, casting a wide net for his next one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I've been there. I know that one. It's hard because he asks prior point blank he's like would you hate me if i left right mm-hmm. now and Pryor says yes mm-hmm. and it's like oh he doesn't even give him an out it's, that sucks i mean it's got to be the worst like i was thinking because in this you know he shows him the uh sarpezi Sa- uh carpos Car- sarcoma there it's SS, uh-huh. and it's like yeah as soon as that shows up in that time period you're like i'm marked for death now like, uh, yeah, it's a matter of time, and it's not even going to be a pretty death. It's going to be a slow waste away. Oh, really? Well, I, that's what it meant. Yeah, that's what uh, it, in the time. Like the only time I really think that I've seen these things depicted in film is here or Mysterious Skin, right? When he has to give like the massage to the guy who's like covered with them. Yeah, but that little exchange that they have, like in, in the boudoir. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Ben Shankman, nice body. You wouldn't think to look at him, but like he had a nice broad chest. That's true. You get a crotch uh, shot, basically. Yeah, man. it's like it, up the shorts. Uh, I don't know. It it read very domestic to me. Like they're just in bed in their PJs, just sort of like winding down for the night and having this little fight before bed. But uh, when Pryor starts telling them, he's like, "Well, I have protein in my pee, and I shot blood." And Lewis starts like breaking down a little bit. And he's like, "See, this is why I don't tell you. I always end up comforting you." Yeah, and I'm just like. Whenever I get bad news, I always think about that. Like, not necessarily the scene, but I'm always like, I don't, I don't want to be the one that needs to be comforted mm-hmm. when bad news is delivered. I don't know when that scene was going on. It just reminded me, of like, you know, years ago when my grandmother called me to tell me that my grandfather had died. The first thing I did was like ask if she was okay, and I asked her about logistics and if she needed anything and like, you know, funeral and stuff. And I didn't cry about it until I hung up, and and then like I had a like a big cry. And afterwards, I was worried. I was like maybe I didn't sound upset enough on the phone, but I just wanted to make sure that like she was okay, that she wasn't overwhelmed by anything. Yeah. That's better. I don't like Lewis's. I don't like Lewis. I (laughs) understand where he's coming from, Yeah, but grow up, man. You're acting like a child. Yeah. I don't like where he is right now. Like my mom, when I was taking care of her, she was slowly wasting away. Like it was gross. Yeah. Like there was a lot of gross shit you had to deal with. But it's like, if you love someone, you don't care. Yeah. You know, like, I was able to look past all that. Well, I mean, there's the scene where he, like, talks to the rabbi after that funeral. And yeah. he's like, what does the Holy Writ say about, like, leaving someone in, like, in the time when they need you the most? And they're like, why would a person do such a thing? Yeah, that's all, that's all she says. <laughs> and then, like, uh, uh, then uh, he talks to, like, the other rabbis. And they're like, sorry, Scripture doesn't say anything about such a person. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're so not Catholic. evil, the Bible doesn't talk about you. <laughs> Yeah, it's bad. It's not good. Not even the Old Testament, the one where all the the mean <laughs> stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting because I know I know it's coming up, so I'll be interested to see how that plays out because I don't remember how it does. Okay. And I remember some things with Al Pacino, who also is another force of evil in this, mm-hmm. um, Roy Cohn. So I kind of remember how his line pans out, but not exactly. So it'll be interesting to see that. There was a couple lines in this that I still like remember, like or even use sometimes, like when uh. Roy Cohn asking Joe if he's seen Lacage. Mm. Oh yeah, and he's like, "Oh, it's the best thing on Broadway, maybe ever." Uh, I was like, "Hey, he likes this play about gay people, mm-hmm. um, but uh, or gay people trying to disguise themselves as straight people, I guess." But I often say that, like, uh, 
I remember when like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel came out and I was I watched the whole thing. I was like, oh, it's the best thing on TV, maybe ever. <laughs> or when um prior during like the 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 hallucination dream sequence uh-huh. when he's in drag, uh, when he said uh, something you learn after your second theme party. It's all been done before. Yeah, I'm like I think of that all the time. Too. Yeah, that one that really jumped out to me. That line. Tony Kushner is very. Um, wordy is not the right word. He's good at concepts. Sure. And having characters not sound too, like, I'm explaining the writer's concept to you. Like, he's, yeah. he's pretty good at that. So, but, but like, you can, you still get the picture. It's like a fine line that he walks that I've, I, I'm enjoying kind of. Yeah. While seeing. watching this, cause I don't know anything about Tony Kushner, the person, but I'm like, did he like have like in, in some past life was he like a mormon housewife married to a homosexual <laughs> you know yeah and then like the, the other end i was like did he grow up jewish like he seems so. to have these like really strong grasps on both like judaism and mormonism but like he seems to understand like how these people like grew up and lived their lives and how it like shaped their worldview or or you know how it indoctrinated them you know mm-hmm. well one religion's just like another. It's just different forms of mind warping, if you ask me. Uh, I'm not going to get a lot of sympathy out of me in the religion department here. <laughs> I was going to say, like, Judaism is at least, like, shown, like, fairly sympathetically. They're not giving a lot of uh, uh, leeway to Mormons, though, here. Mm-hmm. It kind of just makes it sound like they're crazy socially conservative that doesn't allow real life to break in in their confines. Only in America. Only in America. <laughs> But yeah, I, this is also one of those things like, you know, movies or shows that like the performances are so good and the dialogue is so colorful that like I have trouble focusing on like the film form. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm not seeing anything. Like I'm not looking around like, oh, is he breaking the 180 degree rule no. here? Or yeah. what kind of close is this a pan or a zoom or a, a close up? Like my mind isn't thinking that it's hard to be really analytical in that space here. Uh-huh. Uh, he is kind of playing with some stuff, especially like in the um, dream sequence. Like there was some cool stuff in there, like where Pryor is off to the side and then it cuts to Mary Louise Parker and then he just comes up from behind the couch. Sure. So like stuff like that. Yeah. That, that's filmish. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Like, and he, d- like I was like uh, one of the fights between Joe and Harper. Harper. Where I was like, they they are doing a good job of like, you know, when they're fighting hard, they're very far away from each other. Then one will say something that's like over the line and then they get closer to one another and try and make it up. And it's largely through body language or the camera angle. I'm like, he's doing it. Like, yeah. it's all there. Yeah. It's just that it's it's quick. He's not being showy about it. And he's still letting like the actors and the script be the star, not his direction. And so yeah, I, I agree know. with that. He's got he's kind of got the feather touch going on. Yeah, it's good stuff. So yeah, like I said before, I'm really excited to see what else is going to go on because I really a lot of the things I remember happened in this episode. Okay. So I have no idea what's coming up. Yeah, I'll always remember that that Al Pacino speech about like what a homosexual is. Like a homosexual is someone with no clout, and it's just like you know I saw this in probably 2004. Like you know a year after bush jr calling for for a constitutional amendment to define marriage yep. 
And it's like that always like weighs on me that it's like we have come a long way. Like you like nowadays, like if you upset the gays, like there's a whole lobby behind you. Mm -hmm. But like at the time, like especially the time that this movie like was made when the or not the movie, but it takes place. Yeah. When like the religious right was like really getting their stranglehold on the Republican Party. Yeah. I remember reading about how like the religious right didn't like uh, Sandra Day O'Connor. And Reagan didn't care, but by the end of like his second term, he had to like pick a Supreme Court justice that the religious right approved of, and that's when uh, he got Alito. <laughs> yeah, no, what? No, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Alito. Oh. No, it was um, um, the one that died, the one that was friends with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, I know. I I thought that was Alito. No, Alito's still on the bench. Um, why am I? Oh senior moment here mm, well, well next episode next episode <laughs> lots to look forward to so, so uh yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get on it we've got a whole we got five more of these to do so yeah, we got a long ways so all right we better um, get back to it okay well uh until we see you next time keep reaching for that rainbow yeah.